podcast. My name is Bori Ludemi, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host Suleiman Lassisi. Suleiman, um, in about 36 hours or so, uh, the Syria A starts. How are you feeling? I am excited, man. This is our Syria special, and you know, for me, this means it, it evokes special memories because this is how I learned my position algebra. You know what happens if Inter loses and Juve ties and you know, Roma sleeps away and Milan gets to lift the trophy. So this means a lot to me, and I am excited that we have an episode where we can just talk about the Serie A. You talked about Milan lifting the trophy. Are you are you talking about this season as a possibility? You know, one can always dream, right? So let's put that <laughs> in the realm of something that's probable. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's possible, but, you know, it's soccer. Anything's probable. Our listeners at home, thanks for joining us. Um, we're very excited to talk about Syria at this episode. Uh, but before we start, we're going to kick us off with our spot kick section this week. Sure, Bori. So the spot kick section for this week actually is me thinking about all the beautiful transfers that have happened in the summer window. And I'm thinking, who do you think is the best piece of business that was done in the Serie A over the course of the summer? For me, very easy, delete. Delete is the very good piece of business, and I hate to say it and give Juve credit, but getting delete, especially stealing delete from Barcelona, is the best deal, even in this whole transfer, uh, probably for me. I have a few thoughts there. The first being that you weren't as excited or happy with the decision of delete going to Juventus. If I yeah. recall correctly, is that right? Well, I wasn't happy because I wanted him to go to Barcelona and also that's strengthening Juve, which is not, you know, not good for AC Milan. That's really why I was not happy. But um, all in all, I'd rather have seen him go to Barcelona. I see. So mine actually is also an acquisition by the same club, which tells how much Juventus are strengthening their already very strong squad. And for me, it is Aaron Ramsey. You see how Arsenal have Daniel Ceballos, and everybody's excited about Daniel Ceballos. And I am sitting here and thinking, you let a better player, a proven and tested player, go for free. And now you are excited about an unproven player who, by the signs that he has shown, he will definitely deliver in the Premier League. But for me, I think this is the biggest coup in the Serie A this summer. I actually, I don't know about uh, Ramsey in Juve. Um, I think they could have gotten better midfielders. And you're right, yes, they got him for, for free, which is a good piece of business. In my opinion, I think De Ligt will have more impact in the long run uh, over Ramsey. Yeah, so in that we would definitely see. I don't see Ramsey being, being like a a legend in the club when it comes to longevity. The goal of this club, if you've been following it, which I'm sure you have been, is in the last few seasons, the Champions League has been ever elusive. They can't get to it. <laughs> so they need this squad they want yeah. to put together to win the Champions League. So if Aaron Ramsey can in some way contribute significantly to that goal, I think he would have justified the amount of money that Juventus would be paying him on a weekly basis. Well, I am excited for this uh, this season 
um, because I really want to see who's going to win the Champions League. I think Juve is not going to win the Champions League. And again, they're going to basically feel very bad and sad because they spent all this money and I don't think the Champions League will go to them. Bori, I will reserve my comments on that. I think they definitely are contenders. I mean, who's out there in the pool? You look at Manchester City, you look at Barcelona, and of course, you have to include Juventus. Well, yeah, for sure. But I still think uh, a team like Manchester City, Barcelona and Real Madrid will actually be, uh, will beat them if they were to play them in a two-legged tie. Um, but, I mean, obviously anything can happen. But I think the way the teams are this season, I think um, those three teams I've mentioned can can definitely uh, kick Juve out. Even Atletico Madrid, too. I'll, I'll put them over Juve. We'll have to wait and see. I think it's a, it's going to be an interesting Champions League season. We don't have a, an outright favorite, it sounds like, but there are yeah. a good number of contenders. Yeah, and, and of course, we'll definitely do a, a Champions League preview and well, we'll do all our predictions. So maybe I shouldn't be giving you a sneak peek right now. I should probably wait for, for that time. Um, awesome. So let's start. So I think the way we're going to kind of do this uh, in this episode is we're going to talk about the top six teams from last season. And the top six teams were Juve, Inter, well, in order, Juve, Napoli, um, Atalanta, uh, Inter Milan, AC Milan, um, and then Roma. Let's kick it off with the first team, Juve. Obviously, they've won the Serie A for eight straight years, very sadly. Um, and they made a lot of changes this uh, this season. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Ramsey was one of the the transfers they got. Uh, they got deletes this summer. Rabio, which I'm very actually very interested to to see, you know, play in this side. And I think may even have more impact than Ramsey. Um, and they brought in Danilo, of course, from the exchange with you know uh, Manchester City. Um, and then Buffon came back uh, surprisingly from PSG. Um, and but but then they also lost Keane. Suleiman, can you tell me, in general, do you think Juve has a good so, you know transfer summer so far? Absolutely, I think they've made some useful moves when it comes to strengthening their midfield. They have an embarrassment of talent in that midfield. You're talking about Adrian Rabiot. You're talking about Aaron Ramsey, Blyce and Matuidi, and just a long list of players who can feature and play any given day. So they're, not, they're solid in the midfield. In the attack, they could use one more player to just make, like, to have, like, a backup when it's needed. But I want to point out something. Cancelo's move to Manchester City, it's one that, looking back, you could think about why did they let him go. But Danilo is a very, Danilo is a very capable replacement and I think Danilo playing in right back would just fit in seamlessly I, I saw that in the Premier League he wasn't used as much as he would like but I think he would get more playing time and just given his lack style of play I think he will fit in well in Serie A Moise Akian, I he had some some good games towards the end of the season last season but I don't think that I don't rate him as highly as people do and you see that at you see that as it plays out at Everton. So just in general, I think they still are the favorites. Yeah, I mean, so so we'll talk about predictions towards the end of the show. But um, I, you know, losing losing Cancelo, I think is is a very big miss for them. Um, I don't think Danilo is as good as Cancelo, but I'm mean, hey hey, Danilo is very good. It's a very good defender. 
Um, I, I think if I if I'm not getting this wrong, he can play both right and left back, which is good. Yes, and they still have the Shili, remember? Yes, yes. I don't know if he's gonna play on the Sari though, but like my so my thought about this team, my thought about the transfer is yes, they've done a piece good uh, a good piece of business. I think the one that really stands out to me is delete. Um, the only thing that I don't understand is with the introduction of Rabio and the introduction of Ramsey in the midfield, what's going to happen to Pjanic, what's going to happen to Emre Can, what's going to happen to Kadira, what's going to happen to uh, Blaise Matuidi. Like, there are so many midfielders, and, and we've heard the rumor, we've heard everything. We've heard that Sari is trying to get rid of players, uh, especially in the midfield, because it's already getting too much. Um, so, now, I would not rate... Juve's transfer very well until I see what happens because I think losing a player like Pjanic and Matuidi is a great loss and that would be in my opinion very detrimental for them um I will steep I'll, I'll pick Matuidi and Pjanic over you know Rabio or Ramsey um you know just in the midfield in general um so so I it's hard for me to rate Juve's midfield right now just because I still think they're going to kick out some midfielders. And I think that would be a very bad thing if they kick out a player like Matuidi and, and, and Pjanic. What do you think about that? So you make a very good point there. And I can only think, you know, Sari. I mean, the same situation that happened at Chelsea where he had players that he felt like fit his own style. He's playing sure. philosophy. Sure. So when you look at Blaise Matuidi, I... He's a great player, but do you think he will fit into Sarri's philosophy? That's that's to be seen, to be yeah, analyzed. Yeah. But I, I think he's the kind of player, Blaise Matuidi is the kind of player who might struggle a little bit in that kind of setup unless he fits in somewhere similar to what N'Golo Kante was doing at Chelsea. So we'll have to wait and see, though. But I, I, I think despite having that many players in midfield, they're going to be playing a lot of games where I feel like some players are going to have to be content with playing parts of games and not being like main plays. And bringing coming to this point, this is why I feel that Rabiot coming to Juventus might not be a well-thought-out idea. Because if you remember, all the issues they had at PSG stemmed from not getting enough playing time and his mom getting into the oh, whole yeah. situation. So oh, yeah. hopefully that doesn't repeat itself because I've seen him get started and he's been playing well in preseason. So hopefully it can continue at that pace. Yes, sure. And speaking of Sari, Sari will not be on the bench coaching for the first two games um, against Parma and Napoli uh, because he's currently sick. Um, and uh, we, we, we wish him very well and we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, I think he, it's, it, the report says he has pneumonia, which is not a, a good thing to have. Um, so hopefully he comes back healthy. Um, so we wish him very well. Juve will be fine. And I think, yeah, of course, I wish Z- Sari a very quick recovery. But I don't think they're going to miss him in the yeah. dugout in the very yeah. f- first few games. Yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, one thing that I think we missed is the Bala situation. Uh, like I said, um, I think there the reports that they want to use the Bala in Neymar's uh, uh, push I mean, everyone is saying everything, so I, I don't believe anybody. I don't think anything's official yet. But I wonder what's going to happen to Dybala at the end of the transfer market like deadline because I don't know if he's going to be playing there or or I, I don't know where he's going to be playing. And that would give, give me a question mark 
um, on Juve's front line, like you mentioned earlier, because right now it's just, you know, Ronaldo. And I think Mandzukic is still there. So I, I don't know how that's going to play out. But one player I would say that I'm very scared of, uh, I mean, apart from Ronaldo, is Douglas Costa, um, who who I think is very lethal, come down from the right side. So, But I think Juve still needs to start at that middle. Um, and of course, they still have Iguain. I don't think they'll sell him. But um, I think their hope was to bring in like Icardi uh, or somebody, you know, somebody of similar playing style to Juve. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Definitely. This one will be one to watch out for as the season evolves. All right. Moving on to um, another team, Napoli. Napoli, uh, very good team, in my opinion, especially this season, just given who they've brought in. Um, we, I think they just confirmed uh, Chucky Lozano yesterday, I believe, and um, they obviously they bought Manolas, uh, who was who was a defender for Roma uh, last season. Uh, so that means Manolas is being paired now. Is going to be paired with Koulibaly in the central defense, which I think is probably the best defense or will be the best defense in Serie A this season. Um, and let's not forget they. They were able to buy Ospina and uh, Meret. Uh, I think probably Meret will start as the keeper. Um, but just in general, I think Napoli looks very good this season just because of the reinforcement they've brought in. Um, and uh, in the front, uh, you have Chuck Lozano. The only problem I have right now is I don't know if they're going to, like, if they are still there as a, in terms of, like, if, if they're that, if they're going to be that lethal team. Um, and I think they're still missing something. And even though people, you know, say Chucky Lozano is good, he he'll be enough. I still think if they get like a striker like Icardi in the front, um, and just him playing in front of like Insigne, Callejon, and Tris Mertens, I think that could be a very lethal forward. And Napoli could also have a very lethal ba- uh, defense. And I, I think, you know, if if we're not careful, they they're gonna just run the show next next season in Serie A. So the thing with Napoli is they're a team that has consistently appeared to challenge, but not quite actually gotten that far. So to say they have a chance would be a stretch, given the fact that Juventus has strengthened their squad. But they are looking good. I feel, I think they still will finish second place, which f- just from... They're pun- definitely punching above their weight when you consider the teams that they're doing better than. So they're looking good. And Chucky Lozano, I mean, he's a goal scorer. So he comes bearing goals. So that's definitely a good thing for them. And like you said, Costas Manolo's pairing with Koulibaly is definitely going to frame that defense for them. When I look at a player like Lorenzo Insigne, I keep telling people that he, to me, is what typifies Napoli. He's ever-present in that squad, and he gives everything. And it, it just he's a very, very important contributor to that team. Still having him on that squad, despite the success or the near successes they've had in recent seasons, I feel like they still have the core, the base of the team. They managed to ward off suitors from Koulibaly as well. So they have done... They've made a lot of positive moves, and this will just be a season where they can push... Juventus a little more. I don't want to see the trophy race being decided in March. They can push it up a little further. Then that would be, in my opinion, considered a success. And maybe a quarterfinal or semifinal run. 
in the sure. Champions League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no doubt. Um, and I actually forgot to mention Fabian Ruiz also, who's a very, very good central midfielder. Um, but again, I think the problem with with Napoli is I think mentally or, or or in terms of like charging them up for a game was a problem because you you see them lose to a small team, uh, especially outside of Italy, uh, which was kind of weird. But I think they just need one really good center uh, forward, and I think if I, the market hasn't closed, but if Icardi, if they can get a player like Icardi, I think they have a chance to actually win it this time. Um, but but that's that's left to be seen, um, and and we wish them well. And of course, they have to me arguably one of the best coaches in the world, uh, Carlo Ancelotti. So uh, we'll see we'll see what he can do. Um, their first game is on Saturday um, against Fiorentina. One notable uh, person that left also Napoli is Diawara. Um, who basically doesn't have the capability to be able to bench any of the midfielders. So I understand why they let him go, but um, I think it's he's also a huge loss uh, for Napoli. But yeah, moving on, let's move on to Inter. Well, actually, let's talk about Atalanta real quick. Um, Atalanta, um, they were the ones that kicked us out of the Champions League. Uh, they had a very good run last season. Uh, they had players like Jovan Zapata, you know, just leading the line, scoring goals when it's needed. Um, he did very well last season. Um, the only surprise, though, in the transfer market is Atalanta out of the big six um, because it doesn't seem like they've brought in a lot of, of um, reinforcement. And they've even lost a very good um, defender, um, even though he's gone on loan, Mancini. Um, but they brought in Skrtel, which, I, I mean, experienced defender, but, like, come on, Skrtel for real? Um, and then they brought some other player called Malinowski. Um, I don't, I don't know him, so I, I can't really say to to what how he plays and stuff. But um, Atalanta, I'm I'm very scared for them just because they're playing in the higher league this time. They're playing Champions League. They played in Europa in the Europa League last season and they were fine. But now this is a Champions League where you know you're not playing smaller teams. You're playing big teams that you have to basically play your good players against. Um, so I, I'm really scared for them. Um, but that said, um, I don't see them getting into the top four this upcoming season uh, just because their transfer is not being – they've not really brought in any very, any good player. Yeah, so yeah, you so- talk about Mancini leaving, but that's the only notable departure from the squad. Yeah, Keep in that- mind, they still have the core of that team. I mean, not that Skirtle will suck, um, but I don't think Skirtle will be a very – I mean, keep in mind, we have Skirtle is very old. And, and he can't keep up. So my point is, I think they will concede a lot of goals. They will definitely score goals. And given the health of their front line, they will definitely score goals. But will they be, will they be able to defend? And again, remember, they're playing even a, in, at a higher quality this time around because they're playing in the Champions League. So I would have thought they would keep some, a player like Mancini in the defense. But it, it seems like they wanted the money or something. I don't know exactly. But... Um, I don't know. I, I feel bad for them. I'm kind of closing my eyes when it comes to Atalanta. Um, I think the only way they can survive this is if they get out of the group stage um, of the Champions League and then just focus on Serie A. But I don't see them getting top four this season. Definitely. I, I agree that it would not be as easy because now teams now associate Champions League football with Atalanta. So it's not going to be just another prep team talk when they go to Milan or when they go to Napoli. It's going to be you're playing a team that's playing the Champions League and you do you better not let them get maximum points 
off of you. So it's definitely going to be more of a, a top table team challenge when teams play Atalanta. Yeah, sure, sure. But let's move on to our arch rival, Inter Milan. What are your thoughts? I, you know, you have the black and blue, and you have the red and blue, and you you would rather not see good things happen to the black and blue, the Nerazzurri. What are your thoughts about the summer I, transfer? I absolutely am jealous of Inter Milan this season, just because they brought in some good players. Um, and they have Conte now, which is very it's a very huge boost for them. Um, this this summer they were able to bring in Lukaku, Godin, Sensi, Barella. Um, they brought in really good midfielders. They brought in me for me personally, a very good striker, Lukaku. Um, and they've kind of reinforced their backline a little bit. Um, they may lose Icardi though. Um, Icardi um, will be a huge loss for them. But uh, obviously, given the the situation with his agent, aka his wife, um, last season with like the contract extension saga, um, it's made everything weird. So I think he's definitely going to leave. And they've also lost Perisic. Um, so that said, I, I think I think they've had a good summer. Um, I, I'm very jealous that they were able to get Barella, especially and Sensi. And I think they can actually challenge for the Scudetto this season. However, I think they may fall short just because of, one, injuries to the back line. For example, if Godin gets injured because he's very old. Um, and also Miranda left, so Miranda is not there anymore. And if Lukaku somehow decides that his first touch is never going to work for him, that could be a huge loss for them too. But but what are your thoughts about, about entering this transfer? My thoughts are very similar to yours. You know, they have in Conte, one of the very top coaches you could get in club football. And then... Romelu Lukaku, if there's one thing that you could say about Lukaku other than him having a bad ball control, it's the fact that he is very ambitious. He's not one of those people who will just give up on himself. We've seen this happen at Chelsea. He bounced back at Everton. So this has happened in Manchester United. I expect him to get 20 goals in the Serie A this season. I mean, yes. he's, done it, he's done it in the past five seasons where he scored 20 goals, apart from last season when he, where, where he didn't score 20 goals. And I think the media has kind of used him as a scapegoat uh, to say, you know, you know, basically his touches are not good, blah, blah, blah. But he still scores 20-plus goals every season, apart from last season. So I think very conveniently, actually, and you will hear this in my prediction in the future, um, he will score a lot of goals. He will score a lot of goals in in Syria, obviously, keep in mind, injuries could change things. If he gets injured, then you know that that's another story. Um, I would say this though, um, I'm a I don't I do not like Conte, and and the reason why I don't like Conte is he's very he sticks to what he knows, and he, he's he's not very dynamic, so to say. Um, so if one formation works for him, he goes for that formation throughout the end of the season. So he's very stubborn. And, and that's the problem that Inter could have. If the formation is not working out, if they get, keep getting you know, cut out in the defense, for example, playing through in the back, if, they, if that happens, then, then suddenly we have a problem. So then suddenly Inter would not look good. Um, and this is, this is a problem that I think may come up if and only if the formation that Conte is using doesn't work. And if you look at the preseason, um, most games have ended up with in ties, and I, I picture that this is probably what's going to happen to Inter this season, um, just because I think I don't know. I think Conte is very stubborn, and 
I'm I'm hoping to see good football from them. But if Conte keeps you know being adamant about playing the same style, playing the same players, then we could get a situation where Inter might not you know might not do very well this season. Um, and also obviously, classic Conte um, told Nine Golan to leave the club basically. Um, and Nine Golan is now on loan at Cagliari. Um, so I don't know. I think Cali, I think keeping Nine Golan was a very good thing, just because again they're back in cha- they're in Champions League this time, and and they could definitely use him. Um, but you know he's a leader. He's a he's a scorer. You know, like he's he's somebody that can lead that midfield. But you know, obviously not in the plans of Conte. Yeah. So you talk about Conte being stuck in his old ways. And I think what I get from that is he knows a system that works. So come from this, from a point of he sees the formation as a complex system. The system works, but for some reason, the pieces that make up the system are making it hard for the system to work. If he believes in the system, it's okay for him to substitute the components that make up that system, a.k.a. players, and find the right people to make that system tick. So in, in this context, Nine Golan, a proven player, a Belgian international, solid player, he might just not fit into the system that Conte envisions. And, you know, I mean, there is definitely another player on that team who, who I don't see staying as part of the system. Phenomenal player, Mauro Icardi. He just will find it difficult to fit into this kind of system. So if he can come up with a system that works, that gets them victories i think that's fine now if the system doesn't work will he be willing to be flexible to get the best out of his team yep. that remains to be seen let's quickly move on to milan our dear milan um they've fallen since 2011 2011 was the last time we peaked and then we just started falling like like dominoes um i'm not too excited with our transfer this season um just because I think we need big names. Uh, and, and I think that starts from the coach. Uh, we brought in a coach from Sampdoria. Uh, Sampdoria was ninth in, in, in the league last season. And, um, and we brought in that same coach. Um, when a coach like Mourinho was, was, you know, was a free agent, like was looking for, for a team to, to, to coach for, um, I'm very disappointed in that. I think... The problem with Milan has been the coaches. If you look at from from you know from when we started hiring ex players as as coaches, you can see you can notice and see that we've not done so well. So that that tells me that well, if we've spent this number of years with ex players as coaches and it's not worked well, then maybe we should look into a big time coach. And we failed to do that this season. We we went ahead and brought a coach that sunk a team to ninth place, I would say, because if you think about it, the the, the highest goal scorer last season was from Sampdoria, um, but still, somehow, they were still, they still ended up ninth position last season. Um, so, that said, what do you think about Giampaolo? What do you think about, do you think we should have gone for a better coach? Uh, because I'm, I'm utterly disappointed. So this actually, I find myself in a state of cognitive dissonance when it comes to AC Milan, because I, on one hand, want this team to start from the ground up, build from the tiny little pieces that make up the squad, hardworking, blue-collar soccer players who can, on any given day, strive and put in their best 
shift when they play for Milan. But what I, when I see the list of players that we brought in, Liao, Theo Hernandez, Ben Nasser, they are exactly what I thought I wanted. But am I satisfied with the quality that we have on the team? I can't say yes. So with that being said, I think we're just in a phase, or you might call it a rut, where it's going to be really hard for us to to just go one step above in quality sure. without spending money. Yeah. So it, it, it's hard because I don't want, I wouldn't like this to be a scenario where we go all out and we buy success or we go all out and we try to buy success and it even makes this revamping even worse. So I, it's hard for me to, to really say what I think should be the right approach, but I one thing I've seen from our transfer activity, including the coach, is it looks like we're just about hoping in the best case scenario for Champions League football and then in the worst case scenario, maybe a double digit finish in position. Yeah, I it, it still baffles me. I think we made the first mistake by hiring the wrong coach. Um, maybe I will be proven wrong, and I would be, I would love to be proven wrong. But again, I think we're falling for the same issue. We're falling for the same problem. The problem is when we want to change the team, when we want to when we want to make the team win, we need to bring a very good leader that will be able to lead this team. Um, personally, I don't think we have that leader yet. Um, and I would have loved to have Mourinho or or maybe a coach like Allegri back in Milan. But that that is not happening. The the transfers we brought it, brought in. The only person I'm excited about is Theo Hernandez, just because he's a he's a Madrid product. And when he played in the preseason that one game, he looked you know miles above and beyond our regular players. So I knew for a fact that yes, we brought in a, a really good player and it reminded me of of Maldini. Well, not Maldini in terms of like. Uh, you know, like the defense skill, but like just give give me a glimpse of a Maldini or give me a glimpse of like a Cafu. Um, and I hope he he's currently hurt, but I hope he comes back strong and I hope he helps our, helps us out in the defense. But I think our, our issue is in the attack. I think we were able to score goals in the first part of the season last season, but as the second season came in, uh, the second part of the season came in, uh, we just stopped scoring. But our defense is good. Um, I, I'm glad that we're. So far, we, we've been able to keep Donnarumma, uh, and it looks like, uh, you know, I think we're going to be keeping uh, Calabria um, and uh, Romagnoli will still be in the defense. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, Benacer won the African Nations Cup player of the of the tournament. So hopefully, somehow, he can turn that into a good thing for us. I, I would say I'm just excited for the season to start. So I, I'm waiting to be proven wrong by Gianpaolo. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've had goosebumps when Milan plays. You know, like I get excited and just hope that every play leads to a goal. So hopefully the first few games get me going, get the adrenaline going. And it would be nice to just see the energy, the attitude from the players that they wanted just as bad as the fans wanted. Because sometimes, you know, you just feel disinterested yes. when yeah. your team doesn't when you keep punch you- their weight. Exactly, exactly. All right, finally, let's talk about Roma. We're just going to go through Roma real quick. Um, Roma has been in a turbulent summer. Um, they got rid of Totti uh, because of some... Uh, well, he, they didn't get rid of him. He resigned. Um, they basically have changed, you know, the technical director, their coach. 
Um, a lot of a lot has changed for them. They lost Manolas to to Napoli. Uh, Nzanzi is gone on loan. De Rossi left the club. So basically, they've lost a lot of influential and good players. Um, sadly, they've bought, they've they've brought in some good players too. They've brought in uh, Diawara, Spinazzola, Veretout, Zapacosta. Um, all this just sounds to me like they've just brought in defense. Um, so I, I I'm hoping. Ho- I don't know how they're going to. I don't know what's going to happen to them next season, but I don't see them doing very anywhere good uh, for next season. Um, but uh, I, I feel bad for them. And, and Jekyll is also being rumored to to go to to um, uh, Juve, although he signed a new contract, so so they may be keeping him. But I, I don't see. I don't know what is going on in the minds of Roma right now because I don't understand what the, what their transfer was. So one thing I would say about Roma is over the years, it's been, they've done transfers in volumes. They've moved players like a lot over the years. So it's hard to actually keep track of who's part of the team now, who's leaving. So for me, I would say the fact that they've managed to be as close, I think last season they finished just outside Champions League spots, to be as close in contention as they have is remarkable. And now this season they have a new coach who's not even, like, is not been a part of the system, and they let someone in Francesco Torri leave. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how all these pieces, these players come together, and hopefully they can have another season where they can contend or come close to contending for Champions League football. Well, for the sake of Milan, I don't wish them the best, so to say. <laughs> um, I hope I don't sound mean, but I basically I, I hope... They're not their best when they play Milan. That's that's my hope. Um, let's quickly talk about some some of the sides that got promoted uh, this season. Brescia is back, Lecce and Verona. Um, the only club we really want to talk about here is Brescia, just because they've reinforced with uh, Mario Balotelli. Um, how exciting for them! I'm really very happy for them. I'm, I like Balotelli. I think he's a very good player. So I'm hoping that. He can help that team out and and keep them out of the relegation zone and ultimately keep them in Serie A for next season. Um, and another player that's been exciting to to watch and, and talk about is Tonali. Um, they people are saying he's the next Pirlo. Obviously, people always say things, but that's what the media is calling him, like the, the next Pirlo. Um, so I think with him and 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 Balotelli and then. The, this this player called Donnarumma also who's a who's a striker. Um, I, I think Brescia's got a chance to stay in, in Syria next season. Uh, so so we'll see. Um, another team, Fiorentina. Fiorentina also uh, beefed up their squad a little bit um, by getting Ribery on a free transfer um, and uh, Kevin Prince Boateng. He's back in the Syria. Um, the only problem with Fiorentina though is. Montella is the coach. Montella, for me, is probably the worst coach in Serie A. Um, I, I don't know if you remember Montella with Milan, but it was just horrible. He would play Kalinic in the front line when we have players like Cotrone and Andre Silva uh, on the bench. Um, and obviously, you could see that Kalinic was not doing very well. And this is the problem with some Italian managers. They're very stubborn with their selection, and they will stick to what they, you know, basically they'll stick to what they know, um, which is very upsetting sometimes, you know, to watch. 
Yes, Vincenzo Montella. For me, I actually liked watching him play as a forward. You just knew that he was someone with whom he was hardworking. He was a type of player you wanted to see on the field. However, his coaching career has been the complete opposite of that. He has struggled. He's would he has actually created an image of a journeyman coach since he started since he ended his career. He's been in like five different clubs in Italy and he's also coached in Spain. So he's struggled, but somehow he's managed to <laughs> keep going back and getting jobs now he's back at Fiorentina. So what do I think of Fiorentina? I mean, the signings of Kevin Prince Boateng, who himself is another journeyman. I can't think of a power European country that KPB has not played in. So that just tells that this is like a last-ditch attempt to just get some experience and just hope for hope for a, a good season from KPB. And in Frank Ribery, I am not sure what the team is going for there. Of course, Frank Ribery is a proven player, but maybe maybe they just need some experience. Maybe they're content with the quality of young stars and regular players they have, and they just need some experience, some inspiration from the bench. And who else to ask except for someone like Frank Ribery? So... I don't, I don't think those players in themselves are bad signings. What I see is if as long as these players are being signed to inspire and provide guidance to the younger players, then this is a very good move. But if you're expecting a 10-goal a season type of tally from these players, then there's, this is, these are signs of bigger problems. Yeah, sure. I know. I get what you're saying. I think Boateng will definitely get more than 10 goals depending on Montella's style of coaching. Um, I don't know how Ribéry is going to fit into the team. I, I see Ribéry more of like an experienced kind of guy that will just come in, help the youth, um, help other players, you know, understand the game from his perspective. So hopefully we see something good. But it, it, it'll be good to see Ribéry do well uh, just because, you know, he's he's an old head and, and he, he just has a lot of experience. So, actually, one to watch for this weekend. Opening weekend, lots of games. You might have difficulty finding what to choose, but Fiorentina Napoli plays. And for me, the neutral fan, that's my game this weekend. Yes. I, I mean, yes, that, that's definitely a huge game. Um, I wonder, I don't know if uh, Ribery or Boateng will start, but like, I'll, I'll definitely be watching that game for sure. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to our predictions for next season. So we're just going to predict the top four. I'm going to go ahead because I'm very excited to say my top four. Um, surprise, surprise, number one is Juve. Um, and I'm going to give a caveat here because let's, remember, let's not forget the transfer market has not closed in Italy. So that means that things could actually change. So my prediction has an asterisk on it. But I'm putting Juve as number one right now based on the transfer. Um, my second place is Napoli. And I, Napoli's position could change for me if they get a player like Icardi. I think if they get Icardi, Icardi like, will elevate Napoli for me on my list to number one next season. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, obviously, as, as the way it is right now, Napoli is second. Third place, I think Inter will actually get the third place. Uh, you know, I'm sad to say it, but yes, they, they will be above AC Milan next season. Um, just Again. It, yeah, again, sadly. Um, and then fourth place, I think Milan can get it. Um, I think just because other teams don't have good transfers or 
or the team, at least on paper, does not seem good. So if Giampaolo can play like a normal coach and basically just get us goals, I think we can definitely end up fourth. And I don't think that's too much to ask of Giampaolo next season. Um, so Suleiman, what are your top four predictions? Hey, do you have the news crew around somewhere? The news crew. They need to be available to record this because this might actually be the most outlandish prediction I have ever made. I can I can imagine that Milan is not first, right? Well, <laughs> well, Milan is first. Which Milan oh, wow. is first is the question. Oh, okay. All right. You, the Inter Milan is first. Okay, I'm- so I'm going with Inter Nazionale Milan finishing first in the league. Wow. And I'm going with Juventus finishing second in the league and Napoli finishing third. And in fourth place, I am going to go with AC Milan. Okay, the way you said that was kind of like a drum roll. My heart was like beating, like skipping a bit. So <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, I it was more of a dynamic decision situation. When I said when I started that statement, I was thinking Atalanta. And then I computed a few a few other variables, and I was like, "Wait, it's similar." Yeah, I, and keep in mind, Isma does not have uh, any European di- distractions this season, so I think they can. It's it really will be a failure, in my opinion, if Milan is not able to get top four. It like if halfway of the season Milan is like you know seventh, and and the point gap between fourth and seventh is high then we should definitely be sat- finding another coach because the team we have and with the schedule we have, we should definitely be able to get top four, for sure. Schedule is key in this case. I'm not so sold on the team, but the schedule is key. And hopefully we can go very far, given All right. our light schedule. All right, real quick, let's talk about the the Capo Canonieri, which is the highest goal scorer of Serie A next season. Um, based on the new strikers that they have right now, um, you know, we, well, we have a potential co- Angel Correa come to Milan. We have Leal joining the ranks of strikers in Serie A. We have Lukaku now. Um, we, we'll definitely still have Icardi, and Icardi will probably play, you know, a full full season. What is your prediction of the highest goal scorer of, in Serie A next season? Red Rum. Romelu Lukaku. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is interesting. Okay. Because I actually was fighting between uh, Lukaku and uh, Ronaldo. Um, but I eventually went, I get, I'm giving it to Ronaldo um, just because I think the way Sadi plays, Sadi plays attacking football and he, he will probably get more goals squeezed out of Ronaldo this season. Um, I may be wrong just because I think Ronaldo, I mean, you know, injuries could happen or anything, but I I think I was debating. I I think Lukaku can be second and and I think it's definitely possible that he could even win the whole thing. But just because I think Sari has more attacking mind, uh, I think, I think uh, Ronaldo will, will still this season. Yeah, they both have very good chances of taking home the highest goal scorer. So we just have to see how they fit into the systems because keep in mind, these are both new systems to these players. So for me, that's key. 
Yes, no, you, you're right. Completely right. Uh, we don't know how, you know, Saudi's going to adjust to Juve. We don't know how, or I mean, we don't know how the players are going to adjust to Saudi's, uh, uh, you know, formation and tactics. And same with Inter Milan. So we can only hope for a very good Serie A. I think this year, I've never been more excited uh, about Serie A than this year before, just because I think this year it's kind of actually hard to predict who's going to win the Serie A. Um, but hey, uh, I think I think it'll be a very good season, and I can't wait to see the outcome. You and me both, boy. Awesome. Oh. We should talk about the player of the year for AC Milan. What do you think? Um, the player of the year for AC Milan. Um, I will. That was very easy for me to pick. Um, when when I thought about it. Um, and I will give it to Theo Hernandez. Uh, just because I think he's very defensive-minded and very attacking-minded. So he probably will have a lot of assists. And we have a very good target man, Piontek. And just I'm, I'm excited and I can't wait to see the connection between Theo Hernandez and Piontek. Um, so I think, I think Theo Hernandez will have a very huge impact and will probably win the player of the year for AC Milan. Cool. You are warming up to this new signing already, I see. Yeah. So my prediction for the player of the season actually goes to none other than Frank Kessier. Ooh, nice. Yes, Kessier. So you think Kessier will be a different player attacking-wise, which is what he was missing last season, under Giampaolo? Attacking-wise, I think he has, the, he has what it takes to score more goals and have more assists but what i see about him is he he comes across as a jack and like a jack of all trades he can he just like goes back and forth i think he needs to trust the players behind him more so that he can deliver more when he goes forward because when he goes forward he's a really dangerous player well now he has benister to to keep him in, in check um, but I think the problem with Kessier, from especially with last season, is is finishing was the problem. Um, so I'm hoping somehow Giampaolo can transform him because Kessier is a very good player in my opinion. He is very strong and can he can plow through players and he suddenly gets one on one with the keeper but can't score and that killed me a lot many times last season. So if he can convert those chances, at least convert 80% of them, I think we'll be solid for next season. 80% is the conversion rate of a forward. <laughs> just just to remind you of that. But well, I, I get well, your point. Well, yeah, no. I mean, it will be awesome to have that conversion rate from him because at least from last season, he found himself in the front line many times, but just couldn't... Was, it was always rising. Like... It was very painful to watch the ball always rising when he shot. Like it's almost like you expected it. Um, but I always imagine like if he were, was able to convert a lot of those chances, I think we'll be we will definitely be in the top four last season. But uh, you know, I mean, woulda coulda shoulda is what they say, right? Um, sure. So so that's that story of the past. Hopefully this season he's gonna get better. Yep. Cool. Awesome. I think that's all we have today. Um, thanks, our listeners, for, for tuning in this to this uh, episode of the fourth official soccer podcast. Sulaiman, can you tell them where to find us? Sure. We are always on Twitter at fourth official SP. Tweet at us. Let's, 
let us know your thoughts about the upcoming Serie A season. And also, you can reach out to us on Podcast at gmail.com. And you can always listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Music. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.